Tonight, we receive as a gospel the wedding of Cana. And the wedding of Cana, as I said right at the end, it is the first of his signs, the term that, that John is using for miracle. He doesn't say miracle, he says rather sign. And it's interesting that the very first miracle would be about wine. He could have done a miracle of healing. He could have done a miracle where uh, he heals a leper, for example. He did that several times, but he didn't start out that way. His first miracle is going to set a note for everything he's going to do. And this first miracle is going to be making more wine after everyone had already drunk. It's very interesting that it would be about wine. Wine is actually uh, pretty important. I don't know where you're from, but in uh, my land, a wedding without wine is a sad wedding. Yeah, it's a very strange wedding. And the land that I come from is that way. And I think almost every culture is not necessarily wine, but something, something like that, some form of alcohol. And it's interesting, because... A wedding without wine is a sad wedding, and the wedding with wine brings joy. Too much wine, and it might be chaos, and that might be not joy too, but you never know, you never know. Uh, It usually would be that way, but here the Lord, he's going to produce even more wine than they will need. And it's interesting He's going to start out all of his miracles with a sign of joy, a sign of great joy on top of it. It says, most people save the bad wine for the end, but you save the good. So on top of it, there is even a greater joy. And why does he start with wine then? Is it just for joy? Well, that has a huge part of it, I'm sure. But it's more. You note that wine throughout the entire Old Testament, leading into the New, has many layers of symbols. Wine is often referred to as something that rejoices the heart of man. So that is one of the symbols to bring about joy. The joy of love, in this case. The joy of love because it happens at a wedding. It also, though, is a symbol of blood and wrath. It's the opposite, too. In the Old Testament, there are many passages. I believe we saw a certain reference to it in the first reading. There are many passages where it speaks of the blood of grapes, where as where there's a reference to people like the martyrs who are being smashed by evil or whatever it may be, and like the grapes, their blood flows. Wine is considered to be the blood of grapes. And Jesus, when he mentions it, he says, what is this to do with you and me? Or what is this to do between you and me when he says that to his mother? By the way, he says woman, too. He calls his mother woman. That's already pretty amazing. Uh, It's very strange to call your mother woman. My mother would not be happy with that. 
but said, hey, woman, it wouldn't be right. And nevertheless, that's a whole nother homily, a beautiful one, to wonder about why he called her woman. Hopefully that question remains in your head. But right after that, he says, what is this to do with you and me? The fact that they have no wine, what is this to do with you and me? My hour has not yet come. As as if he's saying, I cannot give them the wine that you're asking. The wine of my blood. The wine of the new covenant. For my hour has not yet come. The hour is the hour of the cross and his death. And the new blood, the new wine, pours forth from his side. You note that we do that at Mass too, right? That we drink his blood under the appearance of wine. And it's interesting because bread, the appearance of bread, what does that mean? Bread is usually what we eat every day, at least in that culture. In that culture, it was very much the thing that sustains life, what is most foundational. And wine is for rejoicing. So God is both what is most fundamental and what is most ultimate, or the joy. He is both the bread and the wine of our life. But here today, he starts out his first miracle with that, with making more wine, saying, the joy we've had is not enough. The joy we've had has to be complete. The joy we have has to be fulfilled. So I will give you a new wine, a wine that builds off of the old, completes the old, goes further than the old, is better than the old. I will give you the wine of my Spirit, my Holy Spirit, to come and dwell in you. And it's the second reading. If you didn't notice, second reading is really beautiful. It's about all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As that Holy Spirit that comes and dwells within us. And that's what gives us the most joy. If I'm here, if you're here, I hope it is because of the Spirit. Because either we desire to have the Spirit, we feel like we don't, or we're filled with the Spirit and filled with His joy. Filled with the joy of Christ. And not just here because we're cultural Catholics. But, we've, but we're here because we've drunk this new wine, the wine of the Spirit. And this gospel is very strong. So much could be said about it. Because it is that first sign, it is dense. It immediately refers to the cross. It implies this incarnation. And it says to us that if we are to be renewed we are to drink this new wine, the wine that flows from his side. But where do we get that? How do we receive this spirit? It has to be, first of all, within our own hearts, of course, by desiring. If you have not experienced the Holy Spirit or this new wine, this new joy that even the cross cannot take away, that even your suffering cannot remove, then ask. Ask. Ask for it. 
desire it, search for it, long for it, seek it, go after it. Seek this new wine, and you will find it. It also calls for a renewal of our church, so that the reason why we might be here is for that new wine. That we might not be here just out of habit. That this might not be just our last chance mass in the diocese. But it might be really that point at the end of our day where we're able to enter into that new covenant, that new bond. For note that this miracle happens during a wedding. And it means that he wants to espouse his heart to us. The original way of interpreting this passage is not just that there was a wedding, but that it's a symbol of God coming down to Mary, our soul, to be the spouse of our soul. And so, whether it be individually searching for that new wine so that we might encounter our spouse, the spouse of our soul, or it be collectively in our family, the beginning of the church, in this parish, in our diocese. Let us ask that the Lord might be our spouse, might be our joy, might be our new wine, might teach us how to love, even if we're nothing but dry bones, that he might revivify and bring us into his heart.